Welcome to Move by Grace, the podcast of Harvest Bible Chapel in Cambridge, Ohio. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to church. Hey, I want to remind you before we get into our message today, as you're turning in your Bibles to Revelation chapter 5, I want to remind you about Harvest Chat. Um, If you're on Facebook at all, between 9.30 and 10.15, we just have a time of chat and prayer. Uh, It's a super encouragement to me. I think it's an encouragement to those that are participating every week with it. And um, we had a great time today. We even got a special solo from Ellie Durham singing uh, Baby Shark. And so it was a really, really encouraging time. We just want as many of you to be uh, part of that as possible. So log on anytime between uh, 9.30 and 10.15 for uh, our Harvest Chat time. I asked during Harvest Chat time and on social media this last week um, this question. If you had one song to sing to Jesus, what would it be? And maybe you didn't respond, but I did get a bunch of responses. The first response was, Great is Thy Faithfulness, which is a, is a, is a wonder, wonderful song. Probably the number one response that people gave uh, is The Waymaker. Um, a guy from Colorado, a good friend of ours, maybe you know him, Mike Bergeson, he said, uh, Set My Heart, which I, I totally forgot about, but that's an amazing, amazing song. Someone asked me today in the chat, what would mine be? And uh, that's what really this message is about. So today we're going to see something incredible. Hopefully you're ready for something incredible by the power of the Holy Spirit. And because of his powerful word, we're going to see the most important song we have yet to hear in our ears. I hope you're ready for it. We are in Revelation 5 in our mini-series, The Throne Room. It's a scriptural look at the throne room of the king, what it looks like, uh, what the worship looks like, what are the sounds of heaven, what are they like. We've been looking at characters, we've been looking at colors, we've seen the Almighty seated on the throne. And then in our last message, we saw there was a dilemma. Was anyone worthy to take the scroll from the hand of God to mediate the things in it? It was God's title deed to the earth. It was sealed by God and only one would be worthy enough to open it. Of course, a search was made according to Revelation chapter 5 as Dr. Davis just read. A search was made amongst all creation including you and me and we were all found to be unworthy. But I don't want to leave us without hope. Amen? There in our midst, I love that part, I looked and in the midst of the 24 elders was our hope. In the midst of the 24 elders was our mediator was our Savior, our Lion, our Lamb, standing with His bride, Jesus. And Jesus steps forward and takes back what is His. Praise His name. Our message on Easter was all about proclaiming this. There is only one worthy enough to run the world. There is only one worthy enough to inherit the earth, and it is Jesus All hail King Jesus. It was the coronation of Jesus, the Lamb of glory, who brings an end to the tears in heaven. And there was a quiet moment. As many of you know, I'm a 
I'm a big soccer fan. Um, and one of the things I love is every four years they play the World Cup. The World Cup is quite a celebration. Every four years uh, they play matches uh, all around the globe and then 32 teams come together and play in the championship of the world. The FIFA director at the end of the last game where there is only one team left standing, the FIFA director takes the World Cup trophy and hands it to the captain of that team. And the captain of that team grabs the trophy and what happens next is unique only in soccer. At that moment, a hush falls over the crowd as he grabs the trophy and hoists it in the air. And at the moment of the trophy being hoisted in the air, eruption all over the stadium. It's a celebration. The party begins in earnest. We were in Portugal when they were playing the European Championships, and Portugal uh, actually won a game, and I had never seen anything like this. The celebration in the streets for hours. People overloading buses, falling out of cars, literally honking their horns for hours and hours into the night because someone won a soccer game. I'm telling you this to say this. Nothing compares to the next moment we are going to see in heaven. The mighty creatures await. The 24 elders, the church, now look on with anticipation. The heavens have waited for this moment. The Lamb, Jesus, has conquered and is reaching for the scroll and takes it. A hush, a quietness, a stillness. Now safely in his hands, the celebration begins. Look at the text with me. In our text it says this. Notice verse 7. And he went and took the scroll from the right hand of him who was seated on the throne, speaking of the Lord Almighty. And when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb, each holding a harp and a golden bowl full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And notice what they did. They sang a new song. We fast forward a little bit. We're going to look at the song. Don't worry. Fast forward a little bit. It says, Then I looked and I heard around the throne and the living creatures and the elders a myriad and myriad and thousands of thousands of angels saying with a loud voice. We'll look at their song in a moment. And then verse 13, I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that is in them saying. And that's going to be a pretty amazing moment. We'll look at that. And then the four living creatures say amen and the elders fall down and worship. Now let me say this in a sentence. The hub of this message is this. All the songs of all the ages must give way to the song of the ages. This is the number one worship song ever. All the songs of all the ages must give way to the song of the ages. This is the number one worship song all time. Well, you might say, what's the song? That's a great question. It's called a new song. If we look in verse 8 and 9, it says, And they sang a new song. Now, let me just begin by saying I love you. But if you can hear me, 
and you are not a person who likes new songs in church, and whenever we maybe say this is a new song, you might be a little frustrated. I don't think in this moment when the elders are singing their new song, you're going to be frustrated, mainly because the songs aren't about you anymore. I think in his presence, all our personal selfish opinions will be laid aside and we will join gratefully, joyfully in the loudest voice we have and still feel like it wasn't enough. Well, what are the, what are the bones of the song, Nate? I mean, how does it go and what is it about? Well, one of the things we don't know is the melody, but, but, we do know this. We do know what the song is about. It has three verses, and we're going to look at that. But write this down. Heaven's new song is always of or about redemption. Heaven's new song is always of or about redemption. In fact, I shared this morning from Psalms 149, and it talked about the new song. Anytime the word new song is written in Scripture, it has to do with redemption. The new song is a worshipful song that praises the Lamb, the Redeemer and Rescuer of sinful man. That's what the new song is. When it says, sing to the Lord a new song, it has to be about the Redeemer who has rescued a sinful man. One thing I found interesting of the, of the uh, eight times it's written in Scripture all of them have to do with God's power to rescue us, to save us, salvation, and those things purchased by his blood. But I also found it interesting in Job 38, that was the last time we saw a song sung in heaven. I didn't know if you realize that. There are lots of songs sung here on earth, but the last time there was ever a recorded song in heaven in Job 38, it says God asking Job questions saying, were you there, Job, when I laid the cornerstone of creation? When the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy? That was the old song. Old songs were always about how he created. But new songs are always about redemption. This is a song of redemption. This is about redemption. To sing to the Lord, our songs must be about his rescuing power, his purchasing with his blood. The song of the redeemed is always the song of redemption. It's the chorus of praise. Listen, for God saving a sinful peace person out of despair and out of slavery. Now, heaven rings with a new song. The first recorded song in heaven since creation. And notice who has the joy of singing it. Write this down. Secondly, heaven's new song is sung by the redeemed. Heaven's new song is sung by the redeemed. Notice verse 7 with me. And when he had taken the scroll from the right hand of him who was seated on the throne, and when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the Lamb, each holding a harp and golden bowls of incense, which we'll get into in just a minute, which are the prayers of the saints. And the 24 elders sang a new song. Harps in Scripture were instruments of worship. They were also used in Scripture when prophecy was going forth. Bowls of incense were the prayers according to, I mean, Scripture answers Scripture here, here and then again in uh, Revelation 7, were the prayers of the saints through all the ages. 
So I want us to notice that God is bottling up our prayers and the odor is a sweet-smelling savor to Him. Incense represents our prayers, especially those weeping prayers, crying out to Him for rescue. I mean, think of it. Incense itself is the resin weeping from a tree. It's a beautiful picture. A tree weeps its sap and it's collected and then it's taken into the holy place where it's taken from a coal from the altar is mixed with it and forms this smoke that rises up and creates what God has prescribed, a smell pleasing to him. Now I want us to note one thing before we go on. True worship isn't just about songs. True worship involves praise. True worship involves prayer. And here they're combined. They're united. Praise and prayer is worship. Worship isn't just a song or two. It's worship in giving. It's worship in prayer. It's worship in praise through music. It's worship in repentance. It's worship in the reading of God's word. But the real focus is the redeemed singing to the Redeemer. The new song is the redemption song sung by the redeemed. You and I. I thought yesterday as I was looking this over, maybe I ought to stop here for just a minute. Do you, do you understand what it means to be redeemed? Do you understand the concept, what redeemed means? It means to purchase or to buy back. It's spoken of in context of someone who goes and pays the debt or wage of another who is under the bondage of slavery. Romans says we are a slave to that to which we love, whether it be sin or Christ. It speaks of someone who pays the debt. And when he is purchased, he is freed from that slavery, in some cases to serve them, or in other cases to return home and be free. Now, you and I are people who were in desperate need. You and I were slaves to sin, destined to die a horrible death. We were without hope. That is who we were. Or maybe that is who you are. But praise Jesus, we have been redeemed. I love the hymn writer when he says, I will sing the wondrous story of the Christ who died for me. On the cross, he paid my pardon, paid the debt, and set me free. The real focus of the redeemed singing is of the Redeemer. And I hope from now until the time we see him face to face, we will sing the wondrous story of Christ, a new song. Heaven's new song is about redemption. Heaven's new song is sung by the redeemed. But also write this down. Here it is. All hail King Jesus, verse 1, worthy. Verse 1, worthy. In fact, the church is singing, and I want you to underline the word worthy. It says, and they sang a new song saying, underline it, worthy. Worthy means to ascribe worth. To, to the one who has conquered, we ascribe the fact that he is worthy. And of course, we've already sung of the fact that he is worthy to take the scroll because he has conquered. So we sing here of the worthiness of Christ. In fact, I wrote this down on my notes. 
The worthiness of Jesus Christ is the song of heaven. There are over 14 songs in heaven, and most of them include the words worthy. It's the amen. It's the alleluia of all creation. And our worship needs to ramp up each week as we celebrate the worthiness of Jesus Christ. Now, I know we've had this conversation even this morning on our chat. It's hard to worship at home. It's hard to sing in a loud voice in a room by yourself or with your spouse. But know Jesus is with you. He's there. And he's seeing that you are holding him in high esteem, that he is worthy. The angel asks, who is worthy? And Jesus responds, and we answer, he is worthy. But the verse continues, what is he worthy to do? Notice what the text says. Do you see it there? Worthy are you to do what? Take the scroll, take the title deed, and to open it, lest we forget. Jesus is the only one in all of creation who is able to open the scroll. Why? Why is he going to open the scroll? Why is he worthy? Well, look ahead. Why is he worthy? You tell me. What does the text say? It says, Worthy are you to take the scroll and open its seals, for you were slain. Underline that word slain. In the Greek, it means violently put to death. Violently slain. Jesus Christ endured a violent death to redeem us. That's the why here. Why? Why is Jesus worthy? He was slain. Why? To ransom a people for God. Notice, it isn't just a certain color of people. Let's set that aside, okay? Can I get an amen in the chat? It, it doesn't matter what color your skin is. It's not just a continent of people. Christ didn't die for the Americas. Christ died for the world, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring us to God. It says, you ransomed a people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. To put it in another way, every tribe means every descendant. Every tongue means every language. Every people means race regardless of color. All are precious in his sight. Every nation is every culture. In fact, the Apostle Paul talked about this in Colossians chapter 3. He wrote to the church of Colossae, Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passions, evil desires, covetousness, which is idolatry. On the account of the wrath of God, on the account of these, the wrath of God is coming. And that's what we're going to see, this wrath of God that is coming in chapters 6 through 19. All of these you once walked and you were living in them, but now you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self. And here he says in verse 11, here it is. Here in God's presence, there is not Greek or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but in Christ, Christ is all and in all. Christ died to ransom a people, not a certain people, but a people from every tribe, every tongue, every language, every culture, every nation. How? 
How is he ransoming these people? Look back at the middle of verse 9. What does it say? What does it say? By your blood, you ransom people for God. By your blood. One of my favorite songs was written a while ago. It's called, uh, Oh, the Blood. And, and the line in there, Oh, the blood, the precious blood that washes me. Yet, seriously, we live in a time in human history where churches of all places are removing songs and sermons and anything to do with the, the violent sacrifice that Jesus had on our behalf. Yet in heaven, we see a lamb that has the appearance of being slain, being dead yet alive, and we sing about this violent slaying of this lamb so this precious blood could purchase me. We all were slaves to sin and the punishment of sin was death. Yet Jesus tasted death so that we didn't have to. Hallelujah. Amen. He is worthy. Fill up the chat with that. All hail King Jesus. Worthy. It's the central point of our worship in heaven. Now let me say it again. All the songs of all the ages must give way to the song of the ages. Worthy is the lamb that was slain, and by your blood you ransomed a people for God. I asked the question earlier, if you could sing a song to Jesus, what would it be? Well, I'll send this out to Dave because he asked me, what would my song be? Dave, this would be my song. In his presence, think of it, undone, undone fallen down, in adoration, overwhelmed. In his presence, I could only thank him and ascribe to him his worthiness. I was lost, and I've been found. I was needing redeemed, and he redeemed me. He sanctified me. He justified me. And now in his presence, I have been glorified. But the verse doesn't stop there. Not only did he redeem us, but he positioned us. Notice it says, you have made them, those that he purchased with his blood, you have made them a kingdom and priest. This is position. Kingdom and priest to our God, and they shall reign on earth. Now this is the millennial kingdom in view the fulfillment of the promise to the overcomer in chapters 2 and 3. The kingdom and the priest, we are his subjects and we are his voice. What a beginning, right? The song of heaven, the worship of heaven. Worthy is the lamb. Now write this down, verse number 2. All hail King Jesus, worthy and blessing. Now John said, I looked and I heard. And around the throne and the living creatures and elders, the voice of many angels. Well, how many angels, John? Numbering myriads of myriads and thousands of thousands with a loud voice. Worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. Now John looks and he's able to see Another something new in this throne room. 
Before it was the throne. Remember the picture? And the green rainbow that circled the throne and the sea of crystal glass and the Holy Spirit in His presence and the four living creatures and the elders around the throne and the Lamb in the midst of the throne and we're worshiping. And now as we worship, the angels join into the worship. He says, I looked, I heard, numbered this incredible chorus. Now what does he mean by that, Nate? What does he mean? Well, I think that's a great question. I don't think John was able to count them all. Uh, myriads and myriads and thousands and thousands was his only way to explain it. And here, here you need to know this. Now, we, we count into trillions and, and probably even more numbers than that. Uh, but in Greek culture, their numbering system only went to 10,000. So if we were just saying 10,000 times 10,000, that would be 100 million And then on top of that, John was saying, not only 100 million, but then there's thousands of thousands. This is a significant number. And can you imagine? The entire church is praising the Lamb. The 24, or the four living creatures are praising the Lamb. And now these millions and millions of angels are praising the Lamb. I was at a football stadium that holds about 110,000 one time. And it's up north. And two-thirds of the, the audience was singing a, a popular song on the radio. Uh, no music was playing. It was just their voices. It was so loud. But a hundred million angels saying, this is going to blow us away. They were saying, worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. This is a sevenfold blessing. They say, worthy is the lamb who was slaughtered, murdered, violently slain to receive praise. For what? Because he's worthy to receive power. Power is authority to do what he wants. Worthy to receive wealth, all the riches of heaven. Jesus has, according to Psalms 50, the world in all its fullness. Wisdom is all the wisdom of God. Might is strength so that he can enact his power and not grow weary. Honor is reward. Glory, well, glory is is God's. In fact, we know that because God says he is not going to give his glory to anyone else, and it would be idolatry for us to give glory to somebody else unless Jesus were God. It would be idolatry for us to give him glory because glory belongs to God. And then lastly, blessing or worship. And we know that this lamb is the second person of the Trinity. He is Jesus. He receives worship as he should. But let me ask you a question. Is he receiving from you today the worship he should? All hail King Jesus, worthy, verse 1. Worthy in blessing, verse 2. And now, verse 3. All hail King Jesus, dominion, dominion. John gets to hear what I think we would all love to hear. Uh, We all love the Chronicles of Narnia because we all think, wouldn't it be awesome if animals talked, if trees moved? Well, John notices and and ponder the sound uh, that he is about to hear when he says this in verse 11. 
And I looked and I heard around the throne and the living creatures and the elders, the voice of the mighty angels numbering myriads of myriads, saying with a loud voice, and then verse 13, I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that is in them saying to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb, blessing, honor, glory, and might forever and ever. John hears all creation groaning and giving worship to the Lamb. Every creature in heaven, on earth, under the earth, in the sea, all of them proclaiming. Now, I did a little research this week, you know. Every living thing makes a noise. Whether it be my grand dog who needs to go out and has like a little song that he sings to us, or whether it be the tiniest molecule in the bottom of the sea, they all emit a sound. Now, we don't always have in our capability the power to hear that sound. But one day, by the power of, of Christ himself, we will be able to hear all of creation doing what they've been longing to do, according to Romans 8, and that is to give glory to the Lamb. And they say, worthy are you to receive blessing and honor and glory, which has already been proclaimed. But now they add dominion. The lamb is about to open the scroll and with mighty, great might, tread the winepress of God's wrath. And the earth says, yes, make it so. This day of the Lord that is coming and is eminent. It is the answer to Psalms 150. Let everything that has breath Praise the Lord. It's the answer to Psalms 169. Let the heaven and the earth praise him, the sea and everything that moves in them, for God will save. What a picture. This worship service. The church is singing. The angels are joining in. And now all of creation lifts their voice. And now comes the baseline. Someone said, the, the, the four living creatures are the baseline. And they're just saying, Amen. 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 Amen means so let it be. So let it be. Make it happen. And they're just saying, Amen to every one of these. Let me say this one more time. All the songs of all the ages must give way to the song of the ages. This is the number one worship song of all times. Worthy is the lamb that was slain and by your blood you ransomed people for God. And all the angels and all the creation are responding, yes, amen, let it be. And in that moment, our response. And all the elders fell down and worshiped. If I could sing a new song to Jesus, it would be about the redemption he afforded me. It would be about him. It would be him lifted high. The fame of the name of the one who loved me and gave himself for me. After all, it's only practice for heaven, right? We're going to sing that first song since creation. And it will praise and worship and bless and adore our Redeemer. 
who was violently slain and his blood poured out so that we could be purchased and be a kingdom and a priest to God. In just a moment, we're going to close with the song, All Hail King Jesus. Join us. Lift your voice. Don't be ashamed. Jesus is in the room. We're two or more gathered. I am there. So Jesus is in the room. All hail, lift high. Let's practice now. I will sing of my Redeemer and his wondrous love for me on the cruel cross he suffered from the curse to set me free. I will tell the wondrous story how my lost estate to save in his boundless love and mercy he ransomed freely gave. I will sing and praise my dear Redeemer. His triumphant power I'll tell how the victory he giveth over sin and death and hell. I will sing of my Redeemer and his heavenly love to me. He from death to life has brought, bought me, Son of God, with him to be. Sing, O oh sing, of my Redeemer. With his blood he purchased me. On the cross to seal my pardon, paid the debt, and set me free. Father in heaven, we worship you for you are worthy. There, there is none like you. And, and we fall short often in giving you the adoration you deserve. But hear us now. Hear our hearts in tune with this great song of heaven that you are worthy for you have redeemed us and you are to receive this sevenfold blessing and you are to have the power to do what God has demanded of you to do. You are the one who can take the scroll and you are the one who, who will one day satisfy the demands of our Heavenly Father. We thank you for your love for us in that you purchased us with your blood and saved us and brought us into your kingdom. And Father, if there's anyone listening today and they're not familiar with this song of heaven because they don't know you, would you even now show them the way? Give them life in Jesus. Holy Spirit, we pray that you would open their eyes to hear that salvation can only be found in the finished work of Jesus and that they would receive him today as Savior. And they would cry out, repent of their sins, turn from their wickedness, and turn to you, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I miss you, and uh, I do love you. I look forward to being with you soon. Uh, you are loved, and have a great, great week. See you every day at noon in our Bible studies. Until then, be blessed. Thank you for joining us today. For more information about Harvest Bible Chapel in Cambridge, Ohio, check out our website at harvestcambridge.org or like us on Facebook at Harvest Cambridge. You are loved.